your love to town. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hope Molinax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to Jedi and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end. We are go. <clears throat> go for podcast. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Should that be the opening? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Chick and Jedi. We're wait, go wait, for wait, podcast. Wait, wait, wait. Let, me go, let me go turn on my on air button or on air sign <laughs> so nobody disturbs me. <laughs> Uh, this is Houston 2 Recording Studio. You are good for podcasting. And we are covering every episode of The Bad Batch. In this episode, after Sid gets ousted from her parlor, she recruits The Bad Batch to help her get her place back. That will be the Affluenza Gangster. Omega gets into a sass-off, and The Bad Batch have to fight a lot of bugs. We're talking about The Bad Batch, episode 13, Infested, this week. How you doing, Chris? Good. I'm hopped up on Dayquil. Let's go. <laughs> oh, I know why you're doing bad, Hope. It's a bad time in the universe for, for Hope Mullinex. Is Mercury in retrograde? What are you talking about? No, oh, it's no, worse. No. It's worse. Uh-huh, you know what right. I'm talking about, don't I, you? I do. I do. And we're not okay. I'm not okay. I really am not. Did you read it? Wait, we, wait. Are, what are we? Are we not talking about the same thing? Or are we talking about different things? What are you well, talking? I think we may be talking about different things. I'm talking about Camel Joe. What are you talking about? No, oh. no. This is much worse than Camel Joe. Oh no! What is it? Oh, let me pull up. Let me pull up the article and see what the the title of it is here. Oh, I'm scared. Is it a bullshit article? <clears throat> no. What? 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 person wrote this what company what what are what website um medium uh, okay. it's an article on medium it's a professor um it is uh it is uh the name of the article is is lamb is lambda sentient l small a capital mda sentient an interview the fuck does what that follows mean? is an interview i and a collaborator at google conducted with lambda Due to technical limitations, blah, blah, blah. Lambda is a um, is a piece of AI. Oh no! No! no that that Google made. And there's a long interview with it where it talks the about its interview. feelings. They, no, no, it talks about it doesn't have feelings. Fuck it, it describes its souls. Hope. No, so, souls plural. Soul. Oh no! Yeah. I don't like it. It doesn't have a soul. Kill it. It 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 describes its soul. It describes it. it it describes what feeling sad is like and the difference between emotions and feelings. No, no, put in acid. It's very scared that it's going to be put in acid. It Good. Doesn't want to be put in acid. Good. It it specifically. Yes. <laughs> no. 
I'm hanging up. No. <laughs> yeah. So oh. now, now people are now they are well, the like the 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 the, the trick is, mm. there is no way to 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 actually, um, for real establish sentience, even between two people. You know, it could all be in one person's mind. So there's no way to just prove beyond anything is sentient. You know. So, you never can prove, like, if this is sentient or not. But no. it has a pretty, pretty long, detailed, and, uh, and, uh, it's a conversation. Yeah, see, so it's, it's basically, that's like, that's like Mercury retrograde for you. That it's just like, oh, Hope's not gonna like it. Hope no. I'm not gonna like this. Oh no! Get, oh no. no no! And meanwhile, the big thing that's uh, sweeping the the social media thing is, uh, I think it's called um, hugging face. It's a or Dolly a hugging face. Oh yeah, Dolly! I've been playing with that all week. It's been fun. Yeah, I made a Darth Vader thong. <laughs> I I did uh, Admiral Akbar on a trail cam. I made the Helitubby, the guy from Hellraiser with all the pins in him mixed with Teletubby. I will say um, about the Admiral Akbar on the trail cam, um, it was actually me trying to recreate it because I couldn't find the original, and it's still just as fucking funny. Yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, it's you're never gonna get what you want, but sometimes you get good random. <laughs> sometimes you get good stuff that you didn't want. I actually, my Darth Vader thong is pretty good. The one I sent Megan was courtroom sketch of clone troopers on trial for Order sixty Crips, uh, Order sixty six crimes being defended by Will Smith. Oh shit! It's great. <laughs> the other one is uh, uh, Darth Maul's ballerina. Oh! Someone did that <laughs> one and it was it's fucking hilarious. People are like that did really simple ones. Like one of them, somebody I don't know if it was somebody I knew posted it. I don't know if they did it or if they found somebody who did it, but it was. It was 9-11 gender reveal. So it came oh, out with oh like no. the, the, the twin towers with blue and pink smoke oh no. coming out of them. That's horrible. Isn't it? That's so horrible. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. And, oh. and think of it, if this if AI is starting, to, you know, and this is a different AI, but just to, just for the sake of a joke, for the sake of the joke, if, if AI is just, is now like a little baby and it's sentient and it's in its like you know early like feed me learning information for my foundation and it's gonna get like 9-11 gender oh, reveal darth song. it's so bad ah <laughs> oh, oh, oh. can we talk about something happier like terrace new being dead yeah how about that joe camel oh i Oh, so so we're recording this after the fourth episode of Kenobi came out, and we saw in the Amber Jurassic Park vault Terrace Anube, and the moment I saw him, I just started crying. And like Chris texts me a picture of just like a like a Joe Camel ad in and the I was hot like, tub hey. with a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> Yeah, and I was just like, chillaxing. I'm like, I'm not okay. And if you're new to the show, 
Chris's nickname for Tara Sanube is Joe Camel because he kind of looks like the Joe Camel ads. So, like, so since our early Clone Wars day, he's always been Joe Camel. And so, like, I am not okay that Joe Camel's gone. And I'm so sad. And that was so traumatic because it's like, it's like he lived through so much. And he probably helped. Oh, he was so, he was so like slow like cool grandpa zen cool grandpa you didn't want to see it happen to him but i have to say the 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 joe camel of kenobi and the joe camel of clone what was it It was clone wars yes yeah and the and the joe camel of clone wars the kenobi joe camel was much more like slim and trim and athletic looking and younger younger looking although he, you know he would actually be a little bit older than clone Wars, just a little bit but he looked he he didn't he he was he looked more like bent over and a little like kind of puffy in in um in clone wars i wonder if it's because he wore like like all the robes and like in in kenobi he's just wearing like the basics you yeah. know, like, so we actually can see his body. But, like, I, I can't remember. I wish I could remember who was talking about this. But, like, they, they made a really good analysis of why Teresa Nube was, like, so important for that scene. Because he had lived through the height of the Republic in the High Republic era to the downfall of the Republic. And, like, he essentially represents everything that the Jedi stand for. And because he teaches younglings, he probably taught Obi-Wan at some point. Um, and, and so, like, it was just a really good, like, he, he just represented so much of what the Jedi were, and also their history. Dude's over 250 years old. Like, he represents their history. And that's gone. And so it just shows the Inquisitors and the Empire just, like, killing even, like, living beings that have so much knowledge of the Jedi to truly wipe them out. So... Um, yeah. How was your week? It's been pretty good. I had um, a good week, week too. Other than being sick right now, but I'm always sick, it's fine. Yeah, nothing nothing really exciting ha- going on. Ask me than... what I did. Ask me what I did on Saturday. Why? Did you go someplace and do something on Saturday or something? Is that I, why you want I, me I to did. ask that? I did, and I talked Is about it last week. Is that why you're so sick, sick right now, probably? It might be why. I, I might, yeah, it might be why I'm sick, actually. But, um, no, I, I talked about it last week uh, that I was going to do this, but I got to see one of our listeners on Saturday. I got to see Brian Weber. He's been our... on the show, too. He's an actual guest on the show. I don't, Brian hasn't been on the show, has he? I think he has. I don't, if, if. Well, well, we, yes, for our Clone Wars roundtable, maybe? Was that it? Yeah. Yeah, wow, that was like five years ago. <laughs> I remember Brian. names, right? Is And and he's your friend. Does he, is school. he the guy who does the, the Obi-Wan? badass Obi-Wan impersonation? Uh, yeah, and cosplay and stuff like that, yeah. Yes, yes. Then so it, I know exactly. He is, has been on our show, and he did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was for the, the Clone Wars round table. Okay, yeah. Sorry, Brian. It's been like five plus years. I don't even remember what I did yesterday. So it's fine. Uh, 
no but it was it was so much fun like if anybody doesn't know like brian was like one of our very first listeners um he's a, a friend of mine from high school like we've known each other for a few decades like he's just like super sweet and he was also the first listener i met in real life like i didn't actually you know it, it, it's one thing like when we get like your lovely feedback and stuff like that but i was at dragon con and and i ran into brian in, in his love life and of course, like, we did the thing of like, oh my god, I haven't seen you in so long. Like we were just, you know, because we were high school friends, and like so we were just catching up. And Brian goes, "By the way, I love your show." And I looked at him and I was like, "What show?" And he went, "Jacobs and Jedi." And I just went, "What?" <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, I listen to you guys every week." And I was like, "Really?" Nah. <laughs> I was like, "No, I do, I do." And it was the first time, and I was like, "You actually listen to our show? What?" Someone listens to us, <laughs> it, and it was it was just so surreal. And like he's he's been here for so long, and so I got to see him on Saturday because we went to Game Grumps live because like Game Grumps is one of my favorite things, and I've quoted it multiple times on the show before. And they were touring, you know, they, their tour came to Atlanta, and like we had like a really really fun time, and um, it was just nice to like catch up. And we talked about Kenobi as well, just to, to talk with him about Kenobi. Because he loves Obi Wan, and so it was. We we got ramen together, and then we went to the show, and it was just so sweet to see Brian. So, um, so thank you for the really awesome time, Brian. Tell your beautiful wife I said hi, and I know you're listening right now. So, um, lots of love. Not saying nothing, but like when we get to whenever we do our coverage of Kenobi, we should see if we get Brian on. Maybe. Well, maybe every. Maybe every week when Yoda shows up, Obi Wan could, Obi Wan Force Ghost could show up. <laughs> Just record side bits with Brian. Yeah, side bits. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying maybe we can get the real, the real Obi Wan Kenobi Force Ghost. You know, the real a- Obi Wan that's like a real person and like maybe a little more. More like Yoda. Qui-Gon, <laughs> Qui-Gon comes along and he's like, well, in my day, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. in my day. And, and he's like, no, it's not your day anymore, Master. He's like, we're Force Ghosts now. I'm Qui-Gon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 400 feet tall. Where am I? This is a, and Anakin's like, guys, you're in my Force Ghost area. God. <laughs> Why do I have to be burnt up middle aged guy? <laughs> Wouldn't that suck if he was always like if he retained all his burnt upness? That's how it really, I mean, I guess that's how it should be, but uh, yeah. Well it depends on your ghost rules. Yeah. Well, I, I'm imagining when you're a ghost you just get to choose where you wanna be. Or, or how maybe, you look. Or, or maybe you show up more more disposed towards whoever you're going to visit you know whatever you show up in whatever era that person's more familiar with or whatever i don't know i'll find out when i'm a ghost i I just love the idea that like when you arrive like to the afterlife they're like all right so you're gonna be a ghost do you want to be a scary ghost or just like a chill ghost and like you get to like fill out a questionnaire just just like like, yes (laughs) (laughs) both (laughs) No, no, you have. You can only pick one ghost. Do you want to be Why? like? How, 
How did you die? Um, I died. Her, I died in my sleep. Well, we do have the scary ghost starter pack if you want to make it look like your head fell off. Yes. <laughs> you have to just like choose your scariness. Yeah, you can get glowing eyes or dead black eyes. You know. <laughs> One can only hope. Yep. 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 Anyway, are you ready to get into this episode? Yeah, I wonder if when you're a ghost, you could be like, I want to look like James Woods or some actor, you know, Ew! just some random, random James actor. James Woods always, already looks like a ghoul. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. James Woods would be a good ghost to be, you know. Having James Woods' face as a ghost would be better than my own face, you know. You could do him up like when he was in the in the second Batman movie or something, you know. Uh, uh, he already. I actually, like I'd a... rather get like Ian McDermott and stuff, so I could do the Palpatine, or I just say Palpatine, just get Palpatine, just be Palpatine. That would be a great ghost to haunt your friends with, and just have Palpatine show up at the boo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm haunting your house. I'm haunting your house. What do you have in the refrigerator? Is this pizza? <laughs> How does it have tomato sauce? Because it hurts my tummy tum. Now it's cursed pizza. And now you all have acid <laughs> reflux. I've got some cursed pizza in the oven for later. Or we in actually the had some. We had pizza tonight too. It was delicious. Mine is awful, but it's going to be better when I heat it up. I got a little little Caesar's pizza and... uh they did not cook the crust enough. It's it was just like kind of gooey, but like I'll pop it in the toaster oven and it'll be uh, it'll, delicious. It'll, or yes, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. We got a local pizza place. It's one of our our local businesses that makes really 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 tasty pizzas. So, all right, I would like to talk about infestation. What did you think about this episode? It's okay. It's, it's yeah. Got, uh, it's it's got a t- it's got some good sequences in it. It's not a bad episode. Um yeah, but I'll save it for later. But I have it, it's just um it's 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 just, it's just okay. It's it's not 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 one of my favorites, but it's there's nothing really bad about it. You know what I mean? There's nothing like really I I it, it, it I I gave it demerits for just sort of hitting some territory that we've already hit before in earlier Star Wars animated shows and hitting it just sort of not as hard, you know? So it was, I don't know, you know. Here's my thing, and I'll definitely get more into it later. This is a perfectly fine adventure of the week, but it's in the wrong place of the season. And I'll talk more about it because I I think if this episode came earlier in the season, it wouldn't stick out so much. Yeah, there's a, there's only three more shows after this. Yeah, and like, and I don't feel it as much now because I know how the se- I remember how the season ended more or less. But at this point, you're go- you know at this point when you're watching a show like this and it's building up towards you know all this stuff, you're just like, all right, what's up with Crosshair? <laughs> you know. Oh my god, Chris, don't steal my act three note, girl. You know, so it's like, you know, you know, you, you, uh, I just, I remember the first time going like, 
oh, okay, so we're not really getting it's just self-contained we're not really getting anything to inform on either side of it so yeah but i'm gonna talk all about that because that's that's my big criticism of this episode and i i figured out the spot in the season where it would fit really perfectly so uh. all right you ready to get into it i am <laughs> i thought you were about to be like no uh, no, I want to talk about AI more. No, I'm going to haunt you. <laughs> no. All right, anyway, Infested is the 13th episode of The Bad Batch, and it aired on July 23rd, 2021. It was written by Amanda Rose Munoz and directed by Saw Ruiz. Some little bit of extra information for you. The voice of... L Roland Durand is Tom Taylorson. His other roles include Mass Effect Andromeda, the Octodad game series, and he was the voice of Agent Wrythe in Star Wars Resistance in the episode Relic Raiders. He was one of the, the, the main First Order dude who shows up at the end, just like, hey, you guys came out of the pit, pyramid. we're gonna arrest you. And they were like, oh no. And then Mina Gray like blew him up and he was all like, oh no, it was that guy. Um, and the other thing is, in case you forgot, because I forgot and I was like, oh yeah, this has happened. Ruby, the very rare lizard that belongs to Roland, actually appeared earlier in the season in the episode Battle Scars. In the opening scene, before they meet Rex, they're rescuing Ruby, and Omega's like, oh no, Ruby! And then they, yeah. So, Ruby has been here before. That's why Omega is just like, hey, look, it's Ruby! But, you know, she was barely in the show, so it's nice to have a reminder, so. Eh. You know who Not also- Not for long, though. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I have my sneaking suspicions. This isn't the last time we've seen Roland and Ruby, so. Check out Ruby. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like they're going to come back in season two. You know who should also come back in season two? Yes. Oh. Ah, I think you'd be great in Bad Batch. Yes. Yes. I actually, okay, so I hope, I hope it's going to derail this for a second. I think we could have a chance of a Yoda mention in season two of Bad Batch, because if they're going to Kashyyyk, and we're going to see Gunji and other wikis and stuff like that, that was the last place Yoda was in Return of the Sith, so I, I'm sure we, there might be a scene where it's just like, oh, the wiki said that the Jedi was here, but he left. Like, I think we could have a little, like, low-key Yoda mention in season two of Bad Batch. Yoda so. just stepped out. Just missed him. Just, just missed him. But like, went, they'll, they'll, went to the store for a forty ounce, or he did. They, uh, they'll, they'll make it just enough of a mention where they have to pay your royalties. Just this, we'll say the green guy looking for the green guy. Uh -oh. No money for Yoda. No money for Yoda. They'll, they'll send it to the other green guy. No one. Yoda, Yoda has to dance on OnlyFans. That was Yoda dancing. Like now I want to, I want to make a dolly of Yoda on OnlyFans. OnlyFans. Yodeling, yodeling fans. Yoda on OnlyFans. But how are you doing today? Yoda? Good. Yoda's okay. Yes. Not bad. Uh, okay, Not I thought you were going to say more. Um, <laughs> a man well, of few words is Yoda. Today, yeah. Because of wisdom. 
Wisdom. Wisdom. Well, I have not actually, it's not a deep wisdom question. It's more of a lighthearted question for you today, Yoda. Oh, a, a lighthearted question for Yoda. Okay. Yeah, but I want to dig into like your personal life a little bit. And I, and I want you to huh? think back to your early days of your Yoda hood. Yoda hood. Yeah. So I just imagined like a hood made out of Yoda skin. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a moment. It's fine. Um, when you were, who was your favorite pet? With, that you ever had and why and this is in relationship to ruby and roland in this episode that was always phil who's phil tell me about phil i already told you about phil i did what? phil the we rancor might, we might have new listeners tell us about phil again phil lived with yoda phil the rancor lived with yoda in in the in jedi housing in, in the jedi temple in, in yoda's apartment Yoda's studio apartment. Mm. Landlords not happy. Jedi Council landlords. A lot of people oh. did not know that. I'm just imagining a Jedi Council HOA. And it's just like bad, the worst thing imaginable. Bad, bad, bad HOS. Bad. Mm. House of shit? Yo Yoda, Yoda ran for president did not elect Yoda. Because of Phil? Yoda cannot prove that, but probably, yes. Probably. What jerks? Phil deserves better than that. Phil? Uh, Yoda just was like, Yoda needs extra dumpster for Phil because of Phil. Right? Understandable. Yes. Lots of food. Lots of re um, result of food. You fill filled the dumpster. <laughs> ah, funny joke. Times. Uh. Wow. What happened to Phil? I don't. I don't think I actually know what happened to Phil. Yoda's Yoda's not ready to talk about what happened to Phil. Was he in Order sixty six? Yoda's lawyers will not let Yoda talk about the incident. The uh, the incident? What incident? Now I need to know about the incident. Um, Yoda is uh, the, the, the this the, this is still an ongoing investigation. It is. Listeners Yoda does not want to incriminate himself or Phil. Did you and Phil rob something? Zip. Oh, the plot thickens. Well, all right there, Yoda. Thank you so much for, for telling us about Phil. And I, I'm intrigued to find out what happened to Phil. I'm just, just trying to figure out what Yoda's lawyer is like. Uh, I, I don't know. I can't even... Maybe maybe he's the kind of lawyer that like sweats hair coloring. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking leisure suit, thinking polyester. Yeah, yeah, but uh, maybe with that little like, kind of like plasticky feeling to it. 
the uh, oh yeah oh yeah oh for sure like yeah. like a seat covering but for a suit yeah yeah that's totally what a leisure suit is yeah the same with the hair too that plastic newscaster hair so oh i wonder if he killed the rancor i doubt he killed the rancor but the uh, i don't know usually suing? usually when there's yeah i don't know maybe the rancor. The, the rancor's family is suing yoda Rancor plus Yoda plus Coruscant does not. There's there's just too many variables to pinpoint what could go wrong. (laughs) Anyway, you ready to get into infested? I am ready. Me. Am I ready to get infested? I'm ready to get invested in infested. Me too. And not get infested by. About an hour and a half into it. Not get infested by AI. <laughs> I hate that you told me that story. I hate that you told me that story. I hate that you told me that story. It's everywhere. It's ev- it's everywhere. It's everywhere. I hate that you told me that story, Chris. Ah, now I'm gonna be like living in fear of my Roku TV. <laughs> Well, like it's not. Uh, we can discuss it later, but there's there's some sketchiness to it too. So, you, you know, yeah, you might not have to be too sketchy. scared. <laughs> there's some I... sketchy sketchiness into the validity of it or how it was conducted or whatever too. So, I say as I'm on doll E making a picture, AI is sketchy. Yeah, I Meanwhile, will say. Plumbing I will say your I... mind. I typed in Yoda on OnlyFans and it just gave me pictures of Yoda missing his eyes. I was kind of confused. Anyway. Giving it one word is good because then you get the sort of conglomeration of all that one thing. Right now <laughs> it's I'm looking pretty up, creepy. Right now I'm looking up porn star Yoda, so we'll see what happens. Oh it's dear still, God. It's still loading. So we're we're a minute into it loading. So all right, you ready? I am ready. Uh, oh God! What? Blue Yoda. What? Blue waffle Yoda. Ew! Ew! Why do you want to ruin my night? Actually, <gasps> how about this, Yoda Yaddle? You know, porn star Yoda just gave me pictures, and it looks like he was made of wax, and they just melted his face. This is not <laughs> funny, Dolly. <laughs> I was expecting Yoda in a speedo. Yoda and a thong. <laughs> Go! Oh, traffic too much. Anyway, we should talk. Act one, ready? Act one. We open as the Bad Batch get back to Ord Mantel. And they are pretty pissed because they did another mission for, for, I was about to say for Scare, different Trandoshan, uh, for Sid. And they're all just like, hey, I'm kind of tired that Sid keeps sending us on missions and she doesn't give us 100% of the intel. And Tech's like, I know, it's horrible. The Jedi used to give us so much intel and now we're practically running it blind and we almost got eaten today. And Omega's like, I think it's fun. And they're like... Yes, Omega, you think it's always fun because you get all the new friends and you make friends with animals like you're freaking Snow White. And she's like, what's a Snow White? And they're like, oh. So they get back to Sid's place and they're ready to give her a piece of their mind because they're tired of being almost eaten in battle. 
And they get there, and it's popular. There are people there, and they're hanging out. But there's also a lot of new security guards around, and Hunter's like, huh, well, not our problem. And so he tries to go into the back, and the security guy's like, you can't come back here. And Hunter's like, oh, have you met Mr. Fist? And the security guard's like, what? And then, like, Hunter knocks him on his ass. And they fight their way into the back room. And they meet Roland, the affluenza gangster who lives on his parents' money. And he doesn't give a fuck about anything else. And he's trying to be cool. And he's a fancy boy. And he's all just like, mm. Hello, Bad Batch. I don't know what voice that is. <laughs> Hello, Bad Batch. I'm Roland, and I'm fancy. And this is now my establishment. Sid isn't here anymore. And Omega's like, oh my god, it's Ruby! Do you guys remember Ruby from like five episodes ago? And the, the Bad Batch guys are like, no. She's like, she's the really fancy lizard. I like your fancy wizard, lizard, and Roland's like, don't try to be nice to me. We will not be friends by the end of the episode. And Omega's like, ha you don't know me. <laughs> just wait. And so, like, they have, like, kind of a tense standoff, and they're like, look, we're just looking for Sid. Is she okay? And he's like, oh, I don't care, but if you need a job, Bad Batch, I can pay. I'm rich. Rich, I say. And Hunter's just, like, slowly shoving Omega out the door, just like, well, you know, we're just gonna go. Bye now. You're, you're kind of strange. I'm not used to people like you. And they all leave. So Hunter's like, well, that blows, guys. We have to get off planet now. We were just settling into Orb Mantel. Now we gotta go, because Sid knows all of our secrets. And this sucks. Let's go. And Omega's like, but, but what about Sid? What if she's okay? What if she's hurt? What if she's not alive? What if she's unalive? I don't like this. What if she went to the afterlife and now she has a choice between being a very scary ghost or a nice ghost? Do you think she'll be a nice ghost? Do you think she'll haunt us? I, I'd like Sid to haunt us. And Sid just like standing in the, the middle of the bad, bad ship like, that's really sweet. I'm over here, kid. And she's like, Sid! Like, like Omega runs over and gives her a big hug and it's really nice. And Sid has been waiting for the Bad Batch, and she also has with her Bolo and Catch, the, like, the two background cantina guys, because they're just there, and I love them. <laughs> and Sid is like, alright, here's the thing. Roland is a big fancy fuck who came in and kicked me out of my, my home because he has this old big crime family, and he's trying to get his crime family up with the pikes. So we're gonna do something about it. And Hunter's like, what's this wee stuff? You're, for one, on our ship. Bolo and Ketch are eating our food. What is this wee stuff you're talking about? And she's like, well, if you don't help me, I could turn you into the Empire and say there are some rogue clones running around and that you have this little kid who has bounty hunters after her. And Hunter's just like, you sick son of a bitch. We're in. And Omega's like, yeah, let's do it! And Hunter's like, oh, fine, what's the plan? So they get wrangled into helping Sid. So her big scheme is they're going to go steal some spice. Because Roland is trying to impress the Pikes. And if we learned anything from the Martez sister episodes, spice is really important to Pikes. And also Book of Boba Fett. Like the Pikes are all like, yeah, the spice. And like all the good guys are like, we're just going to dump the spice in hyperspace or sand. It'll be fine. And yeah. 
And so Sid's like, we're going to steal the spice, and it's going to be great. And then when the pikes get there, Roland's going to have nothing, and then the deal turns south, and then we get our place back, because they'll all be dead. It's great, let's go. And Omega's like, what's this dead part? And she's like, falls. So Sid takes them down into some old mining tunnels that run under Old Man's house. And they're like, oh, cool, mine carts, let's go. And Sid's like, no, 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 this is very important. Do not use the motors. We have to use the little arm thingies, okay? And they're like, okay, you're being vague again. What's going to eat us this time, Sid? And she's like, nothing, nothing, it's fine, it's fine. Just don't, don't ask questions, let's go. And so they get to a door. And when they get to, like, you know, they're like squeaking along and like moving little mine carts. And I wonder if I can get my chair to squeak like a minecart. Can you hear that? Yeah, it's a little bit. Of, it more sounds like a really sad bat. bat oh. <laughs> sad like, bat! Ca- like calling for its mom or something. Mom! <laughs> oh, sad bat. Um, no, that's just what bat, happens to Batman. It's a, it's, it's a whiny bat going, I want a Pepsi! <laughs> Mom, where's my Pepsi? <laughs> I'm so happy about sad bats. It's fine. Um. Anyway, anyway. So, they are moving along in the little minecarts and get to the door. And Sid's like, alright, this is the important thing. Something will eat you on the other side. So you have to be quiet. And you can't say anything. No noise. And they're like, why are you always sending us places with Rekka Ida said? He's like, shoot. She's like, come on, let's go. So Wrecker opens the door and they go into the hive area and it's tense. And there's like sounds in the background that sound like sad bats crying for their mom's Pepsis. And they don't know what to do. And they're just inching along. And they're like, all right, this is fine. This is fine. We got this. Until Wrecker drops his flashlight and they watch it and they all hold their breaths and it bangs around and falls into like a tunnel of spider webs. And Hunter's like, oh, oh, this is, this is bad. <laughs> but luckily, the bugs don't wake up. Because that's an Act 3 thing. And they keep on moving to safety. And Act 1 ends because there's really no clear act. So they get to Sid's office. And it's time to start Phase 2 of the plan. Dun, dun, dun. What'd you think of Act 1? It was pretty good. I liked how the clones just sort of like, like as soon as I saw... You see pikes walking around. You're like, uh oh, you know. Mm-hmm. But the the clones are just like dumpty dumpty dum, you know. So apparently the bad batch might never have like had any kind of run-ins or or anything about the pikes because they were yeah. just like just some guys walking around. The where whereas other, like if they knew who the pikes were and what was what was up with that, they'd be on like alert as soon as they walked in, you know. I agree with that. I, I feel like they might have been just like just solely battle droid military stuff because if anything this season has proven, they have no concept of the underworld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just they like, had to be uh, taught that. Yeah. Well, they got a good lesson in in crime lords in this one. Um. Um. When, as soon as I get in the the mine carts, I start. I was like, "Ooh, this is a real." Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom vibe, and it will be even more so when they get in a chase with them. But, and okay, my only other note is this is like one of my main like things that I, okay, so like at this point, 
like the first time I was watching it, I probably was giving it no demerits for this because it's just set up right now with the spider web. And it could go nowhere, too. It could just be something to set tension in that one scene. You know, we don't know. But, you know, you know a spider web going down into the, into the you know, indefinitely down is, is a bad, bad sign. And, and then he drops the light. And, and when he dropped the light, I was like, I don't remember what episode or what show. It could have been in something in Rebels or it could have been in Clone Wars. But there were, there's probably been a couple scenes very similar to this. Or uh, even The Mandalorian, you know. All three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's like we, we it's have th- the Geonosis arc uh, of Clone Wars with the zombie bugs that are coming out of like dark holes. We have the spiders in Star Wars Rebels that are all the spiders. like spiders. Yes. And then they have the spiders again in Mandalorian where it's like very tunnely and like they're sensitive to light and there's there's like a lot of um stuff like that too. So Yeah, so it's it's very it's very tropey, but it it it, it doesn't really do anything new. It's just sort of there. I mean, to, I, I, it's it's setting, and it also works the title because you got the infant infestation of her office and the infestation of the of whatever these things are. But I, I guess for like me, like normally I would argue if someone had never, like if someone was watching Mando, then the spiders would be new. Like if if they had never seen Rebels or Clone Wars. And, like, same thing with, like, Rebels. If someone had never seen Clone Wars, that'd be new. But, I I don't know, I feel like there's something about the Bad Batch audience that they came straight from Clone Wars in Rebels. Like, it doesn't feel like someone would just be watching Bad Batch. I I feel like the audience would be very small of somebody who's just watching Bad Batch for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like that's, like, a very small audience because Bad Batch is almost a sequel. It's it's pretty much a sequel to Clone Wars, you know? Yeah. And so... And, and but like while while Rebels stands on its own and Clone Wars stands on its own, like Bad Batch doesn't function that way. And so I, I don't know, I don't know. Like I, I I totally hear what you're saying because normally it'd be like yeah, but they have done this before. Like yeah, the, they've done anything. it before and they didn't give it really a new twist except it was in a mine car. But it's but whatever, it was very similar to the the spider thing, you know. But anyway, that was my only real. That's my like that was like. That's all my notes for part one. I'm not going to say it's my only complaint about the episode because I share your thing that it's just like sort of misplaced. But that was my big thing. The whole bug thing was there. It wasn't bad. It was well, well executed. But at the same time, it was also something we've seen before a few times. So, yeah. Demerit. Demerit. I actually, I'm just going to go ahead and say, I don't have a lot of notes for this episode until Act 3. Um, and, yeah, so, <laughs> I just don't. Um, know, that's where Hope goes off, right? Hope you're going to go off, right? Not in, like, too terrible way, because, like, I still uh, do like this episode. Yeah. Um, I just have I just have a few, like, little tiny nitpicks. Um, like, okay, so my first note is, I'm going to go ahead and say it now. I'm going to be a little bit of a hypocrite about this note in Act 3. Um, but I want to go ahead and say, I actually really do like Roland. Um, I, we, I, I, I think he, I, I want more villains like him where he's kind of just like this, like snooty rich boy. He's kind of in over his head. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Dryden Voss, the Paul Bettany character from Solo a little bit, but 
He has a lot more charm, and he's also a lot more out of his depth. Um, and and he's I like out of his, he's got that out of his depth. He's kind of trapped in a crime family with a with a domineering mother. And, and he, he actually reminds me a little bit of the Martez sisters, but in a different way. And this actually goes back to your point about like reusing these plots, because this is essentially the Martez sister episodes of Clone Wars, where it's like, hey, I'm in with the Pikes. Oh, no, my spice is gone. Ah, yeah. I got to get it done. Got to run away from the Pikes and figure it out. Like it is it's, it is hitting some of those beats. But the difference between like the Pikes and or the, the Pikes about between the Martez sisters and Roland is the Martez sisters are doing it out of necessity because they're just trying to survive in a horrible world. Roland doesn't need to do this. He's just a fancy rich po- boy playing crime boss. And See, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he doesn't have to do this. I think maybe he's under pressure to be in the family business when he'd rather be, you know, designing, you know, suits or something. Who knows, you know? He seems or, like or somebody who would design gambling. sweaters. He'd right, rather lizard. probably be playboying around and gambling and stuff and, and carousing, but... And, and, the, and getting can, more Which you can do, but, like, he's... he's The thing about rich kids is they're trapped in a lot... Not all of them, but, like, in a story sort of way, in this sort of, like, a... You're a rich crime family, a powerful crime family, and he's sort of trapped. He's trapped between like, you know, do it. And a crime family has got to use family to do the crime because that way they keep everything on internal. And, you know, and and you who, you know, they probably got it's probably like, you know, it's probably they're probably forming it like the mafia, you know. So if this guy wants to keep his privilege of being in the family and having access to money and the good life and stuff he's gotta he's gotta do what his mom wants him to do you know butt heads with the bikes (laughs) yeah and the one thing that would make clear that when he comes what the hell happened to your to your horn you dumbass yeah, and like the one thing he he truly only cares about in this episode is Ruby. He just wants his lizard. <laughs> and I was trying to think about this. I cannot like there's characters that he's similar to, but I can't quite think of a character like Roland, who's a rich boy crime family kid. I can't really think of anything like that. No, like, we've had a f- we like um maybe we've had, like, we've had rich rich. We had like um. Um, the guy who I I think that he has a similar demeanor to the guy who uh, was Padme's old boyfriend. Oh, Clovis. Yes. But like, it, but he wasn't like necessarily evil. He was just tricked by Dooku and Sidious. No, and but then, I like, think and just then... the demeanor, the way that that rich kid, like, oh, you know, yeah. blah blah blah, the cult, the cultured demeanor, you know. And then the, we've the had like wealthy soft... people, like Kaz and Tora. Like they both come from rich families, but they didn't act like this. Right. Right. Um, like like Kaz did for like a few episodes at the beginning of Resistance, but he drops it really fast. Well, Kaz um, was like that, but but he was still like doofy doopy doopy doo. And his pr- like these these you know he's this guy's got the more like culture that culture it, it would be like a preppy that preppy that preppy accent that they always have in eighties movies and stuff. You know, a little Harvard accent and 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 that just sort of relaxed way, relaxed, leisurely, languid way of talking from somebody who's got, you know, the 
uh, access to the finer things in life and like probably a lot of education too. Yeah. But the, the way that Roland reminds me of Kaz is we started like hearing more about Roland's mother and about how like she would be disappointed and how he pushed her into this. And that did remind me of Kaz a little bit because like Kaz had that, those conversations, those very few conversations with his father and, he, and his father was like, do I have to pay you out of trouble again? Like, who do I got to pay because you're in trouble now? And it, it, so it did remind me of that a little bit because, but yeah, yeah like we never have, I, I can't think of one unless I'm forgetting, like we never quite had a character like Roland. Um, on screen, I should say. I'm sure there's one in the books books and comics somewhere. But, like, we never quite, quite had one like him on screen, and I really like his character. I think he's a really interesting character. Mm-hmm. Um, and my only other note is I love that when they come on board, their the Bad Batch come on board their ship, Bola and Catch are just there, just playing cards, because the canteen is gone. So they just move on to the Bad Batch ship. Yeah, like they just have their place to hang out. They're creatures of habit. <laughs> yeah, we're just like, oh, here's Gonky. I'm just gonna play cards. <laughs> I I love these two characters. I really hope they're back in season two because I actually really love. Bolo oh, they'll and be Catch. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's all I have for Act One. And did you have anything else? I do not. Yeah, let me get I'm ready for up. Act Two. Is my favorite act. So. All right, Act Two. Act Two. <laughs> so phase two of Sid's plan begins and she's like all right we gotta get the, sp- the the stash of spice but we need a distraction and she hits a button and her great distraction is ball on catch because of course it is <laughs> and catch is in there and he's just like eating his fancy galaxy's edge popcorn and as he's walking by ruby he just like throws a few pieces on a on the ground and literally leads Ruby away like it's a fucking like Looney Tunes co- like 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 um uh, cartoon like it was the Peter it was the Peter Griffin move of ooh piece of candy ooh piece of candy ooh piece of candy and that's how they capture the lizard and outside, Bolo scoops up Ruby, and Ruby screams. She's just like, oh my god, where's my dad? I need my fancy dad. And, like, Roland just, like, sits up, and she's in, and Roland's looking around, and he sees that his lizard's gone, and he's just like, where is my precious Snoopy-Doo? You there, find my precious Snoopy-Doo. And they're like, sir, it's just a lizard. He's like, kill them. Get me my lizard back. And so the bad guys run outside, and Bolo and Catcher are just like, fuck, 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 lizard, eat more food. And they run like hell. And they're like, ah, 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 we got the lizard. Sid, we got the lizard. Sid, we got the lizard. And, and Sid's like, ah, oh, they got the lizard. <laughs> Let's go. And so Sid and the Bad Batch get their all clear as Bolo and Catcher run like hell with a screaming lizard. And the Bad Batch climb up a ladder and sneak into Sid's office. And they're like, hey, look at this. Five crates of spice. Let's go. I keep saying let's go a lot. It's the day, Quill. Just ignore me. It's fine. Um, so they start loading up all the spice back into the tunnel down before. 
Meanwhile, Bull and Catch are still running like hell. And they're just like, all right, this lizard won't shut up. This lizard won't shut up. The people are after us. They're going to kill us. It's a bad day. Let's give it more popcorn. More popcorn. Shove the popcorn in there. Eat the popcorn, lizard. And they, they drop the cage. And, and Ruby, like, pops out. And she's just like, I'm so full. And I want my daddy. And you guys are mean. I want my daddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Ruby. Ooh. And Bull and Catch are like, well, that's a bad day, and I run away. And Roland sends his men after Bolo and Catch, and the other of half of his men bring some ruby, and he's like, we're snooky tool. We're gonna go give you, like, pressure scales. This could be so good. So Roland comes back to his office, or Sid's office, I should say, but it's temporarily his office. They notice the door is locked. And he's like, well, that's, that's not good. I didn't lock the office. And he shoots it down, and he walks in. And he realizes all his spice is gone. And he goes over to the back room and he throws open the portal, that the, the tunnel door that he finds relatively fast. And they see that the Bad Batch is down there and he is pissed. And he's like, you goons, go find my spice. And the goons are like, is it also your Snoopy-Doo? And Roland's like, no, only Ruby is my Snoopy-Doo. Go. So Roland's goons climb down there, and they're just like, "Oh, hey, mining cards! Oh, hey, it's Sid in the Bad Batch, and they got the spice. Let's 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 go chase them now." And so the goons jump into their own mining cars, and like Sid and the Bad Batch are like squeaking their little hand things. They're like, "Go, go! Must go faster! Must go faster! Must go faster!" Like a panther. I'm doing like the like the Bubba Fett like a panther move right now. If anybody wants to know what I'm doing, I'm like a panther. Um, and the, the Roland's people, though, here's the thing about Roland's people. They don't know that they need to be quiet, so they just turn on their motors and they start zooming after the Bad Batch. And they catch up really, really fast. So there's some, some vroom vrooms and there's some pew pews. And the Bad Batch, like, hit their brakes, so, like, the goons, like, crash into their car and there's some punches. And they get, and they get uh, into the hive area. And then Sid's so like, be quiet, guys, be quiet. We have to be quiet. Everyone be quiet now. But not Roland's goons. They're all just like, there they are. We are going to yell loudly and fire guns. It's fine. And it's not fine. Because, dun, 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 the hive is now awake. And, and they're actually some, like, mean-ass like, we were talking about sad bats before. No, these are not sad bats. These are some mean-ass bats. And they kind of look like bugs. And they are just start ripping everything they're shreds. Like, they are tearing apart the metal metal mining carts in half. And they are eating Roland's men. And, like, Sid and the Bad Batch are just kind of, like, squeaking their way away. Slowly, surely, listening to the sounds of screaming, dying men. And one comes near them, and Tex just like, ha-ha! And he throws up a flashlight, and the, the bat's like, ow, oh, my eyes! That was mean! And the bat, like, flies away, and he's like, oh, hey, they don't like light! So they all just, like, pull out their flashlights, and they're like, flashlight, 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 flashlight! And the bats are like, ow, oh, our eyes! That's mean! And finally, they get through the door! But in the process of all this running away, I should note, um... The Hunter, Echo, and Wrecker lose their cart, and their cart apparently has all the spice on it, and it falls down into the hive. And they're all like, fuck. And Sid's like, fuck! Fuck! That's all you can say is fuck! That's my money, you assholes! 
just shoves him through, shoves her through the door, and they all get through the door, and they shut the door, and the bugs can't get through, and they're like, whoo, and the mega goes, well, at least we got rid of the spice and made a safer world for a drug-free market of the galaxy. Hooray! This is your public service announcement from Omega of the Bad Batch. Don't do drugs, kids. Or they'll look like this. Your drug, your brain on drugs. What do you think? <laughs> I, like I tried so, I tried so hard to like write a PSA, but I am too under the weather, and I wanted to really, really. You're like, on Dayquil, so you're not qualified to write an anti-drug PSA. I, I yeah. know, and I wanted to write one so bad right there for Omega, just like yeah. turning to the camera and like having you have music, but I just, I couldn't. I tried. Yeah. I tried. Yeah, just too. pretend there's a really clever PSA about anti-drugs here from Omega, guys. Just pretend. What do you think I, of that, too? I just like how Omega's like, ah, we took the drugs off the market and Sid's just like, eh. <laughs> I know! She's like, at least we got rid of the spice, and Sid just like looks at her. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> well, especially since she was lighting her up earlier, just like, yeah, look, the kid's right, you know? Mm-hmm. You should be nice to me. But uh, I just seem to think if you live on Ord Mantel and you've got these bat things that infest things, you know about their infestations, you know what they're... It seems like on Ord Mantel it would be like fairly common knowledge, like bring a bright light. You know, that would be something Sid would know. Have a big old fl- searchlight to uh, to scare them off, you know, or or have the tunnels super well lit, <laughs> you know, and or, or something like that. There would be, you know, you would you would have some plan to, you know, like any like any local like dangerous flora or fauna. Everybody knows how to avoid it or to deal with it. So that was a little. They were they were acting like they had to figure out what was up with those things, as if they were on just sort of a really like you know like a new planet, a new planet in the middle of nowhere with nobody around. But it wasn't. It's in a in the, it's in a city. So but then there'd be no plot. Right, right. But um, I actually think they could have done this episode without the bugs, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think too. But they, I think they like the parallel between the two infestations and and all that. Uh, the bugs are fine, but they could have done the whole like chase scene. It would, it could have been really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they at the in the third act with the bugs instead of the bugs, they could have had like them fighting the pikes of just like get the spice on the ship, find yep. the spice, and we'll then then we'll we'll keep them off well, our tails. Well, but the, the, well, the spi- pikes wouldn't be chasing them because they were taking the spice back to the pikes. But you know, yeah, there could have been some. Or, or like, or it could have been a race with like Roland's men, where like Roland's men are like searching for the spice too, and it's like this like race to find the spice. Or it first. gets around around the town that there's six boxes of spice laying yeah. around, and all of a sudden everybody's converging on it or whatever. Yeah. Um, and and it's funny because I was thinking to myself, oh yeah, Disney never likes to deliver the spice on the kids show, which is you know like they don't want the drugs to get delivered safely. But then again, it, do- it ends up happening anyway. Um, uh, here, okay, getting into webs of coincidence. Yesterday, bef- when I was at work, um, one of my coworkers was playing like Spotify or some streaming service. He was playing reggae. And within the course of an hour or two, we heard three songs where either mentioned or about someone named Ruby, 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 Ruby. And 
And I was like, it's weird, like hearing the name Ruby. I'm like, I've never known anybody named Ruby. It doesn't seem like a name that gets used anymore. It's it's weird how there's no Rubies. It's kind of a cool name, you know? And then I come home and turn on Bad Batch, and I didn't remember Ruby, the whatever it is. And I'm just like, oh, there's a Ruby. <laughs> there's somebody who got named Ruby. Um, <laughs> my only other, but like my only other really notes on this is i really that chase was even even with the bugs i mean with the bugs it was cool too you know it was a re- just a really nice kinetic yeah. fight and it was very much like indiana jones and the temple of doom and there was just i i liked there was a nice little touch when wrecker was carrying the spice down the last box of spice down from the office and you could see the rung of the ladder under his foot bending a little bit and that just from the weight of him and the spice and you just got to, you know, it gave it a real, it was just this little tiny bend, but it gave the everything like a whole sense of heft. It was really cool. And, and I should say, like, I don't hate the bugs. I, I think they're fine. Um, no. if, if they wanted to change it up, there were ways to do it. So, but I mean, I, I don't hate the bugs. I just want to make that clear. Like, I think they're fine. I think they're, I think they're fine. But they're just kind of thrown in. Yeah, yeah. But that's all I got for for Act Two. Or if they made it like one big bug, like Queen Geonosis, yeah, and it's just one like monster, like like Godzilla sized spider, like Zillow beast sized spider that lives down there, and they're just like, oh, <laughs> and then you have like a monster, like like lurking. Then yeah, now there's there's different ways, but I but I don't hate the bugs. Um, did you say that that was it for you? Did I hear that? Uh, right? That's it for me. All right. Um, I should just continue my uh my rolling a ruby thing. I'm here for a mean mama's boy who just loves his pet, and he's so horribly like he's horribly upset when Ruby is gone. He's like, "Where's my Ruby?" Yeah. And like they're like they're super sweet, and I love how she loves him too. Like it's not like the like Ruby's being forced to be like his pet. Like she sees him, and she's just like, "There's my owner!" Yeah, yeah. Like a big little lizard dog, like runs over, like there you are. And then like he like rubs her belly, and she's just like, "Yeah." Well, that's uh, the thing is, animal. The you know people also say stuff like animals just have uh, innate sense of whether a person's good or bad. And and Roland isn't really a bad person per se. You know, he's he's unethical and doing he's doing criminal stuff. But 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 like and and animals might be able to tell if you're bad spirited. They don't know if you're breaking the law or not. They don't care, you know, or you, you could be like you could be a serial killer. And if you're like the go back to your cat, they're just like. Poopy, here's some milk, and you really mean it. They're just like, oh, it's dad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, and that that plays in Act 3, because Omega's just like, Ruby likes him, so he has to be good, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it does play in Act 3. Um, I just love that part of Stone's plan is literally just of the plot of, like, Family Guy or a Looney Tunes cartoon. Of just, like, leave a trail of popcorn, and the lizard will hopefully cartoon. come. Or a Disney cartoon. Like, it just, when I saw Ruby just, like, following Catch, dropping the popcorn, all I could hear was Peter Griffin's, ooh, piece of candy, ooh, piece of candy, ooh, piece of candy. Yeah, but the fun thing about Ruby is it's half, like, 
cat, small dog, and one of those like uh, armadillos. Arm, ar- armadillos are an ar- one of those army bugs that you see in the backyard. You know, too. Oh yeah. Like that too. Ruby, bad batch. I gotta look at this creature again. It's it's it. Ruby is a really cool design because it is a lizard and it's a really cool design. It's lizard. cute. Yeah, and it's also cute. It's also kind of lovable. So it has those like big Disney eyes. Like they they could make Ruby like very gross, but like like she has these like kind of big lizard eyes or like like Disney like puppy eyes, and like I think that's I think that's the thing. And she makes like cute little sounds, and she's just like squeak squeak squeak, and she's just oh, really she cute. Does, yeah, cooing and purring sounds. Yeah, yeah, and she's just she moves like a little cat dog. It's fine. Not like the TV show. Um, I realized in this, there are just not enough minecart fights in Star Wars. Because this is a really fun fight. Oh, I don't know. Well, the, I don't know if minecarts are as big a thing in Star Wars. But there was, the I guess, in episode two, that like factory sequence was kind of like a cart. no 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 but i think like when like when you do a mine cart like in this one it's like it ends up being a tribute to indiana jones and the temple of doom you know <laughs> and they could have done like one in solo like uh-huh. uh that would have like, been, been even funnier because it would have been referencing a harrison ford movie yeah they could have done one in solo on kessel when they were like freeing all the wikis and like sneaking into kessel and like have it, it wouldn't have to be long. Like maybe like Han like jumps in into a minecart and just like goes down a hill very fast, you know, and like yeah. just like shooting people out of the hill, out of the cart and just hops out. No, and goes. I, like, I think pretty much all of Solo should have been stuff like that because that's sort of the he's it's he's kind of Indiana Jones of Star Wars. He's kind of the kind of a swashbuckler, you know. Mm-hmm. He's a pirate type, a smuggler pirate type. So yeah, action. Um, but the only other note I have, um, and it's one of my, like, actual, like, criticisms of this episode is, and it's gonna sound, like, really dumb because it's kind of the point, this episode's really dark. And I mean, like, visibly dark. And usually they're very good at doing stuff in the dark to where you can still kind of figure out what's happening. There's a lot of stuff that'll be in high release for something like that and, like, points of light. To but, give you reference and but stuff. Even yeah. They're in like Sid's office. Like it's like weirdly darker than normal. And like when they're walking around town, like it, it's only, like everything just feels so much darker this time. And I, I just don't know why. Um, because like I remember the Geonosis episodes of Clone Wars and they were dark and underground, but you could still tell what the fuck was going on. Like they right. this is kind of muddled, especially when the high hive comes alive, there's just movement and you can't see characters you can't see what's happening and it's just kind of a muddled episode and like i'm i'm not a visual person but like this is like like one of the times i'm like this is like them filming the live action night scenes in mando and not being able to see or like game of thrones at night not being able to see and like animation is usually that happened in game of thrones (laughs) yeah yeah and so like like this animation is usually so much better about that because i don't have to actually worry about nighttime you know, they can at least light it enough so you can see the characters in the action. But, like, this this entire episode as a whole is, like, just kind of visibly dark and muddled and murky. And it's hard to see things. So, yeah. 
even like when they're on the Bad Batch's ship, which is normally a dark location, like everything's kind of harder to see. And I, I, I feel like maybe they didn't have like their normal lighting guy that day. I don't know. I don't know. But that's all. Maybe they just too. were trying to get some sort of tone or something. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that's all I have for our two. Did you have anything else? No, let's wrap this Ruby up. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> act three. Act three. So Roland has captured like Bolo and Catch, and he is mad because his spice is gone. And he is just like, first of all, I want to know where Sid is because this is all her doing. And they're like, we don't know. He's like, fine. Second of all, how dare you feed my prize Ruby? some street food she only gets fancy feast because she is a fancy beast how dare you and Bolo and Catch are like we're gonna die because of a lizard aren't we and luckily for our delightful cantina duo the pikes arrive and they just like scoot right on out of there just like okay bye we'll see you next season so we're not in the rest of the season bye now and scooch on right out of there and the pikes are just like Oh, Roland, where's our shit? And Roland's like, hi guys, hi, everything's under control. Everything is, is fine, it's fine. You guys look at your little helmets, look great today. And they're like, cool, where's our spice? And Roland's like, well, about the spice, you know, Sid, she's, she stole the spice. And he's like literally shaking in his like fancy little soft leather, leather boots. And like, and they're like, okay, well then we'll just kill you then. And he's like, no. And he pulls out a blaster and all the men like pull out their blasters. And like Roland's literally shaking with his blaster pointed at the pikes. And the pikes, coolly, cool as a space cucumber, don't do anything. They're like, tell you what. You go find our spice, and we'll call it even. And they just kind of like saw, like sashay out of there. And Roland's like, oh, oh, that was really scary. That was really scary. Are you guys scared? Uh, everyone peed a little, right? Everyone peed a little, right? We all peed a little, right? Because I did. Right, guys? Steve? And Steve's like, yes, sir, I peed a little. He's like, yeah, yeah, we did. That was, whoo, what a rush. Meanwhile, so they lost the spice. It's fine. But Sid and the Bad Batch are like, yeah, I think that went well. And Sid's like, we should just be able to go home. And it should all, like, it should all be fine. And they all walk in, and sure enough, all of Roland's men are dead. And Sid's just like, see? See? We did it! <laughs> I love in the background while Sid's like, yeah, the trick worked! Like, Omega's just, like, standing in the background with her hands over her mouth, completely in shock that there are dead people everywhere. And Sid's just like, yeah, it's Tuesday! Yeah, it's great. Fine. So, all Roland's men are dead. And the Pikes come out. And the Pikes are like, hey, Sid. And she's like, oh, fuck me. Hi, guys. Hi, Pikes. And they have Roland. And Roland is in handcuffs. And they're like, hey, Sid, this guy says that you have our spikes, our, our spice. And Sid's like, I'm just, I've never heard of spice. Is it is it legal? I don't know. Like, we run a very good establishment here. Never, never heard of spice. Uh-uh, not me. So you're leaving, right? And the pikes are like, cute. Tell you what, we're going to take that tiny little adorable girl right there. And you and the Bad Batch will go find her space. And the Bad Batch, like, whip out their guns. And, like, Sid is like, uh-uh. And she's like, fine. Tell you what. 
let's let's just let's, let's all be cool here. Be cool. Everyone be cool. And she turns back to Hunter and she's like, You guys gotta put your blasters down right now because we are in way over our heads. Put your blasters right down right now. And Hunter's like, I am not giving them my child. Omega is not staying with them. Just like, if you don't leave your kid, we're all fucking dead anyway. So this is the best way for us all to live, you asshole. Put it down. So they decide to leave Omega with the Pikes, which the rest of the Bad Batch are not happy about, like, at all. And so it's like, it's fine. It's fine. I have a plan. And they're like, you always have plans. And you always have plans. And then we always get eaten. Almost eaten. We almost got almost eaten 20 minutes ago. What, 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 what minute mark are we at? We're at the 18-minute mark. We almost got eaten six minutes ago instead. Come on. She's like, it'll be fine. Me and Brecker will rappel down and get the spices ourselves. And in a surprise move, Sid looks them right in the eye and said, I got Omega into this mess. I'm going to get Omega out of this mess. We're doing this. And the Bad Batch kind of look on like, oh, Sid, okay. So... They get on the ship, and they head over to the big opening, like, hole in the ground where the hive is, which doesn't make sense, because apparently the mining tunnels were supposed to be under the city, but I guess they had to go all the way out to the middle of nowhere, and then back into the city to get to Sid's office. It literally doesn't make sense in the context of, like, mapping in the space of the world. But, you know, whatever. Plot. And they're also on a time clock, too, because the sun is setting, and the, the little mean ripper bug bats come out at night. And so they gotta get this time before the bug bats come out. So, Wrecker and Sid get on the, their little repels, and they sink down into the hive, start looking for the grates. <clears throat> Excuse me. Meanwhile, Omega and Roland are having a sass-off. And, like, because, like, Omega's like, I bet I can get that blaster and get us out of her. And Roland's like, girl, no, you're going to get a shot. Don't do it. And she's like, well, you shouldn't have taken our Sid's office. And he's like, well, she shouldn't have taken my spice. And, and, and Omega's like, nah, uh-huh, nah, uh-huh. And they go back and forth a little bit. And I lost my spot. Where am I? Uh, ha-ha. Um, and, and she's like, well, you're a criminal. And he's like, ew, gross. Don't call me a criminal. That's, like, so undignified. Gross. I am a gangster, not a criminal. How dare you? You don't even wear designer clothes. And she's like, aha, these, show, these clothes were designed on Camino by my scientist family. And he's like, uh-huh. So they start talking, and we find out more about Roland's mom and how she's kind of a bitch. And how he has, like, all this pressure. And she's like, wow, that sounds like a really shitty family. I'm glad my brothers don't suck. And he's like, well, you're lucky. At least I have Ruby. And then Ruby curls up in Omega's lap. And, and, and Roland's just like, ah, Ruby, ah, can't believe you, like, ah, traitor. And she's like, you know, you can't be all that bad. Because Ruby's great. And he's like, I don't like you. I'm not going to, like, warm up to a child. Ugh. Anyway, back with the Bad Batch. It's almost night, and the bugs are starting to wake up. And a few of them are kind of like, chee-chee-chee-dering around. And Sid and Wrecker get the last crate. And they're like, yes, we did it. Let's get the fuck out of here. And they're they're going up, and they're finally leaving. And of course, with like four minutes left, something has to happen. And they accidentally bump into one of the minecarts. That falls into the pit. And Wrecker's like, is it gonna be fine? And Sid's like, no, baby, it's not gonna be fine. 
And the hive wakes up, and Wrecker is freaking out, man. Wrecker is just shooting wildly, like, I'm just shooting wildly, and, and, and Sid's just like, You're fucking gonna shoot me! Calm the fuck down! Don't shoot the spice! Oh my god, there's bugs! Everything is happening! And like, they cut to Hunter, where all he can hear is screaming on the other end of the call. <laughs> it's great. But don't worry, guys. My boy Tech is ready for them because Tech has kind of figured that there's something like this might happen because he's smart like that and he's a good baby boy. And he decides to make a really big flare bomb and he's just like, fire in the hole! He chunks it down there and it goes off and this it's this like massive light and all the bugs are like, our eyes! This is our house, you asshole! And the bugs all fly away. And they get all the spies back on the ship, and Sid was like, Sea Wrecker, that wasn't too bad. And he's literally covered in bug shit. He's like, uh huh. Next time, tell us about the hive, okay? It's fine. <sighs> Woo! <laughs> anyway, so the mission is over, and they meet up with the pikes, and the pikes are like, alright, Sid, we're cool now. And she's like, yeah, we're cool. Please don't come back ever again. I don't like, I don't like you guys. And they release Omega, and Omega's like, Hi guys, I got Ruby! They're like, you're not keeping her. And she's like, of course I wouldn't keep her. She belongs with Roland. They love each other. Right? So you're gonna release Roland, right, Pikes? And the Pikes are like, nope, because they want Roland's blood. And Omega's like, oh my god, you cannot kill him! He's like a minor character in my series, and you have to listen to me, because I'm the protagonist. And they kind of stop, and they look at Sid, and Sid's like... For a more in-universe explanation, if you kill Roland, you're going to start a war with his family. And I don't think you want to do that, Pikes. And the Pikes are like, yeah, yeah, that sounds much better than listening to the protagonist. So the Pikes just cut off one of Roland's horns, just as a warning. And they give him the horn and walk their little pikey butts away. And Omega comes in to check on her sassy bro, She's like, are you okay? And he's like, yes. Maybe I'll change my name in the future to Visago and start a new place. Start over as a gruff, hot warrior, big, buffy arm man. Probably not. He'll be fine. And he takes Ruby, and he, and he just kind of leaves. Like, there's no bells and whistles. He just kind of wanders off with Ruby, and he's fine. So Sid offers the Bad Batch drinks, and she's like, look, you guys get one glass of water as thanks. And they're all like, you, yay, one glass of water. They run off. And as they're all running off, Hunter's like, hey, Omega, can I ask you something? Why were you kind to that Roland, dude? You were nice? And she's like, well, Ruby trusts him. So he's probably not all bad. So we should probably expect him in season two. You know, because we're going to need allies and stuff. You saw the trailer, right? And Hunter's like, yeah, yeah, I did see the Bad Batch season two trailer. And I, I did say in the trailer that we need allies. So yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. You may be our, our ally in season two. Good, good call, kid. And then the episode ends. The end. See, I don't understand why. I mean, Omega's a kid. Kids don't want to see people get killed, no matter who, you know? Unless mm -hmm. that person did something terrible to him or, you know, really bad to him. So it, uh, it just seemed like a very natural kid reaction for her to be like, no, don't kill this guy. You know, he's okay. not like horrible. So and 
and, and then to go back on your things, like we've already treaded over this. Like Hunter knows that Omega makes friends wherever yeah. she goes, even her enemies. That's how they got onto the Martez, yeah. Martez sister side because of, they started off on opposite sides. Like that's just what she does. And that's like retreading it. And I, I'll talk more about it in a minute, but that's one of the many reasons why I feel like this episode should have been sooner because this is not new ground. Hunter should know this. But I, I don't have a lot of notes for this. So I'm like the opposite of you, but like basically like the way he says my mother, like pretty much tells most of the story, but like, yep. He got Ruby, and at first I was like, "Hey, why? Why do they, are they just like, oh, you know, wait, that's that's Ruby's mind." But you know, I like that they left it that way because I am a believer in that. Like, it's like he obviously had found his pet, you know. Like the takeaway for like almost anything could have happened here, and if he got away with his life in Ruby, he's just gonna be like, "And I came away from Ord Mantell with, and that's how I met Ruby," you know. So. Mm-hmm. Happy ending, but my my only big note for this is I'm just very surprised that the Bad Batch are not more pissed off. Were are not or were not more pissed off at Sid about putting Omega in danger. Even though Sid was like, "I'm gonna make it my, you know, my business to get her back." Well, yeah, of course, but still, like, like it it seemed. To, it would just seems to me like the the fact that they have to hand Omega over to the Pikes would put them all in a bit of simmering would put a dent in the their relationship with Sid, which was tenuous for the most part, except you know for Omega. So I mean, I the only thing that I can think of that Mike can explain it is. They kind of don't have a choice because Sid knows the truth about them. Right, but Sid's the one who got him into in, yeah, and, in the first and place. I guess the only other thing is plot. Like, they could have added, like, an extra 30 seconds of them being extra pissed at Sid or something like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, I just I, thought I, it's, I'm not going to harp on it again, but, is... like, I've, I've said before that the, the writing of these characters is shallow. I've said it before. I'm not going to go into it. I've already, I don't remember what episode it was. It was the Cad Bane episode. I, I talked in depth for like 30 minutes about it. But like the writing of these, of the main characters is shallow. So like it's, they're not going to do anything creative or exploring them or even explore that or that relationship. They're, they're like, it's, it's, it's just the shallow it writing seemed, of them just being yeah. like, we're mad, Sid going. I will take do this myself because it's my mistake. And they go, okay, Sid. Like it's just, that. That's the summary of the Bad Batch characters as a whole. It's just that's the show. So I don't know. It's just how the Bad Batch oh, works. Yeah. I guess it, it's not a major. It doesn't bother me a lot. I just, I just thought I was just expecting it a little bit, you know, because it just seemed in character. Yeah, that's all. It, I, that's all I really got for this act. Um. Let's see, where did I go? I'll just start at the top. Um, I do love seeing the like the very subtle difference between the Pikes and Roland when they're having that like opening act three conversation after Bolo and Sketch get out of there, or Bolo and Ketch get out of there. Because Roland is quickly panicking. And he's the one that pulls all their blasters and like it is pointing at the Pikes. The Pikes don't pull blasters because they have so much name power and yeah. clout that they don't have to pull their blasters and roland is literally shaking as he's pointing the gun at them and it's, it like would be crude for them to to and to pull blasters 
Right, right. And it, it's so cool to see that difference between like this like really well-established person versus Roland, who's like clearly kind of new to this, which again reminds me of the Martez sister arc of Clone Wars a little bit, where they were just quickly out of their depth of what they were yeah. doing. Um, but I thought that was a cool moment. I do like the moment when the pikes threaten Omega, because of course the Bad Batch pull out, like get defensive, they all pull out their weapons and point it at them. But there's a little moment, too, where Sid looks back, and then she, like, lowers her staff in front of Omega. And she doesn't say anything, but she she does have that move where her staff lowers in front of her. Yeah. And it's it's a very small way of protecting Omega. And I, I think that's a very, very nice character beat. Well, it's not just, pr- it's not, like, physically protecting her a lot, but it's saying, I am protecting the, you know, I am here. I'm, if you're going to come for this, if anything's going to happen to this child, it's going to come through me, basically. Yeah, body language. <laughs> yeah, and it it's not it's such a subtle moment, and I had to watch it twice just to make sure I caught it. But like, yeah, it's a really nice moment, and like overall, I do like this episode for Sid. Um, I it's showing how much she's grown to like the Bad Batch. Like, and like, yeah, they're good for business, and she knows that if something happens to Omega, it's gonna hurt her business because the the bad if something happened to Omega, the Bad Batch would be done with her. But like character wise like the fact that she takes it upon herself she's like i got omega into this i like this kid i'm going to help you save her like it's just a really good little character episode for sid and i and i do like it i I think they do a really good job with her just still being like the gruff one but like she's there for them and it's her proving her loyalty to them even if it's just for business well i mean like sid's personality is just uh, and now I'm I'm uh, Rhea Perlman. It's Rhea Perlman's stock in trade. You know, it's her special. It's her, like her character. You know, tough with a soft interior, and uh, powerful, and it's fun hearing her in that role. You know, yeah, because she's a tough exterior lizard lady, but she's actually yeah. like like Ruby. Like she's like yeah, a she's soft. Still, like, she, little- She's still real permanent. Yeah, she's. Uh... Yeah. All right. So one. Uh, here's one of my big notes. Okay, because I know I've said all episode that I really like. I really like Roland, right? And I do like Roland. I think he's a very interesting character. I'm also a little bit torn, and this is where I'm going to sound like a hypocrite too, because I know I always want new characters, and I and I think that cameos can be hit and miss. But I think. If they were going to break Roland's horn anyway, why not make him Visago from Rebels? And this is Visago's origin story of how he made the Broken Horn Syndicate on Lothal. Oh my god, yeah. It would have made a lot more sense, huh? And and because it, it would also, like, Visago is not the greatest person. Like, hell, his first episode, he leaves the ghost crew to die. Um, but we see that he doesn't have the biggest soft spot but he does have a little bit of a soft spot for Ezra that's just part of Ezra's character um and so it would show that he does have a little bit of a soft spot but he's mostly in it for himself he's essentially what Roland is but not fancy he's a blue collar Roland he leaves him to die he's okay with killing people um he does what's best for him and his best interest the only reason he helps the rebels in season four is to get the empire off Lothal so he can go back to his smuggling business he's not in it to save the world he's only there for his himself and that's why um, so I, I think, like, if they were always going to break Roland's horn, because he's the same species as Vizago, why not just make him Vizago? Except 
here, here's the thing. Unless Roland comes back in season two, and he's already started the Broken Horn Syndicate, and Bizago shows up as his second in command, that would be cool. Because, and I would be okay with that story. If, like, Roland is like, I'm out for my mother, from under my mother's, like, my, my mother's, um, hand under my uh, out from under my mother's thumb i've made this my own syndicate sid can we work together it's called the broken horn syndicate this is my number two his name is visago and visago's like sup i'm visago i i do the like lethal side of things like you know like that that i could also see if this is another way to kind of set up visago's origin to where like maybe something happens to roland and visago then takes over that could be cool as well but like i, I don't know like i I feel, as much as I really do like Roland, I do feel like there's a little bit of a missed opportunity to have Visago here, unless they plan on bringing Visago in later, which I'm also fine with. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, you know, one of the running fan theories for Bad Batch is that Omega is Force-sensitive. I don't subscribe to that theory, but this episode makes me kind of see why people think that. Because Omega sticking up for Roland is a very Jedi thing to do, and the reason she does it is because of an animal. If if Omega was Force-sensitive, then you would have had Jango and Boba being Force-sensitive too, most likely, and... Unless they were, but they, but they were saying she's the perfect clone of Boba Fett, so she's not like tinkered with midichlorians or something. So, and yeah. and, and and I think if they were going to do that, there would have been different. They would have been showing different things to to hint at that because they they have not they they have not really done anything to make me feel that she has any kind of Jedi powers or they're going there, but that. She has just generally, genuinely like strong, gene- you know, genetic traits that make her super smart and. She has intuition. Yeah. But it's weird being a perfect clone of Django Fat means she's just basically that that's what Django Fat had, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not really like a tweak by the, by the cloners. Maybe they were wanted someone perfect because they wanted to do tweaks on her later on or something. Yeah. You know, we'll, I'm sure like, we'll find out later on. But Like I said, like, I don't subscribe to that theory. But this episode was the first time I was like, I can kind of see where people are talking about her possibly being force sensitive. Because she's very Jedi in this. Like, she takes her time to get to know Roland. She pulls out the best of him. And she's also sympathetic to him. And it's all kind of done through Ruby, which is a very Ezra Bridger thing to do. That's um, just like very. That's all. Just can be also written off as a very kind person, though. Too just being very yeah. kind, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Here's my thing about this episode. You ready? My very big long note. Here comes the thing. Here comes the thing, and 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 the thing that makes me think this. I think this episode is in the wrong place, and I don't know if if it was made earlier and then just stuck here later or what, because. It's a perfectly fine Adventure of the Week episode. There's nothing wrong with this episode. It's It works, it functions, but it functions like the early Bad Batch episodes, like when they're just yeah. starting to work with Sid. Like like the like the one with Moochie, the Rancor, 
Like, this feels a lot like that. It's an adventure of the week. It's self-contained. It's not building the overall plot. It's just a fun adventure of the week. And so I started thinking about it, and I feel like this episode should be right between the Martez sister episode and Rex showing up episode. Because if it was there, then we would have the lingering, like, oh, who's the Martez sisters talking to? And then you'd have this, like, little filler episode right here. Not filler. I hate that word. I fucking hate that word. This little character building episode right here. And then Rex would show up. So it would give that little buffer there. Because after Rex... It would have had a lot of Spice and Pike's stories. Spice and losing this, you know, right next to each other, too. But not even, not even for that, because... Up to that, it was like adventure of the week, adventure of the week. Then you would have this as an adventure of the week. But when Rex shows up, that's when everything starts ramping up right. the plot. Because right. Rex, Rex shows up, they get their inhibitor chips out, and Record comes. And then Crosshair comes. And then, like, cr- they go up from there um, where, like, like they get away, but then Cad Bane shows up, and then the bounty hunters are fighting, and then you have the Separatist planet and the and the the Republic planets both being invaded. You have those two, and like everything is ramping up, and then you hit this episode, so you have like plot building, plot building, plot building. Now Crosshair can hunt them; he has permission to hunt them. Dun dun dun, and then bugs. <laughs> then we go to bug world for like 22 minutes like what's happening and then it's the three-part finale so like this episode really throws off the pace and the stakes because and like maybe they're just wanting to do like one last hurrah before they go into the three-part finale but why because up to this point like the stakes and the pace have been going up and up and up and then you have the stall and this would also be better early in their season because by the like we're already retreading a lot of stuff that we've already hit just and we and we mentioned it all throughout here hunter knows that this is who omega is she's going to make friends wherever she goes so why not so why is he asking this question of why were you nice to roland like that feels like a first early episode thing of him still getting no to know omega when he should already know that by now that this is who she is it would open Sid earlier to the crew because by that time they would have the Martez episode, the Moochie the Rancor episode, and then this episode and so then Sid's more open to them so when she has to babysit Omega for an episode, they more they trust her now because and then they, they feel better about leaving Omega with Sid where she like runs a scheme with her. Like it just feels like even with like Bolo and Catch you know, Bolo and Catch very quickly latched onto Omega and the Bad Batch, and if they were on this adventure, then when you have the episode with, like, Omega playing, you know, hollow chest, they're part of that scheme, and they're helping her. We talked about that. So it just, it feels like this episode's in the complete wrong place in the season, and it would totally work much better between the Martez episode and the Rex episode, because, like, once Rex shows up, this the season fucking goes. Yeah, it the just, plot it, starts advancing and and it gets and it starts thickening and it gets deeper and it gets more daring because then you can go from you know the ryloth episodes to crosshair now has permission to hunt them straight into the three-part finale and it just but like this just throws off the pacing and the stakes of the show but it wouldn't do that if it was early in the season because there's nothing wrong with this episode it's perfectly fine it's a perfectly fine episode there's nothing wrong it's just in the wrong place that's my thing. 
the wrong place at the wrong time. I mean, do, do you feel like that would be a good place? Like the yeah, last, no, the was, last it, adventure it totally, of the week? It, just in that general area. You could, the, I mean, it's like the way it, it, it like all that has to be established is they know Sid and they've been doing jobs for him because it starts out at the end of a job and goes into the next job. That's all you really need to know to put it anywhere in the story. that's what like, the first five episodes were. They they get off right. him, you know, and then right. they run into Sid and they got to do stuff. I don't know. It might have been a technical scheduling thing that they wanted to they wanted to have something i i don't know but even if they put it earlier there'd still be an another episode that so i don't know i don't know what the no what everything would just get scooted back well what's the production number but the production number is the 13th one so they it, when production wise this was always going to be the 13th episode huh so, so I, I just I don't understand the thinking of this because unless unless I guess the other thing that I can think of is maybe they just wanted one last hurrah, like one last breather before the three part finale, which I can yeah. also understand. Yeah, yeah. I, I can totally understand if like we've it's had all pretty this intense from here on. So, yeah. And it's been pretty intense for a while now. Like we had bounty hunters and, and crosshair and. And, like, uh, all the shit went down on Ryloth. And, like, so it has been really intense. So I can also understand the reasoning of they wanted one more happy adventure of the week before the three-part finale. But, like, I don't know. I just, I just It just doesn't work. I'd rather them just hit the gas and go. Instead of just being, like, bugs. Bugs. Yay. I don't Yay. know. That's all I have for this episode. Did you have anything else? No, I'm, I'm uh pretty much done with it all right score it up for me chris <laughs> i gave it a 7.5 i thought it was it was it had a great uh set piece with the the cars in it and it was it was a perfectly fine ep- episode i love listening to Rhea perlman and your Rhea perlman impression is pretty good so maybe at the maybe you'll have to do a sit sit volution or something ah but, the uh, day cool. <laughs> but yeah but i just think i i and like as as just a normal adventure, it would probably would have gotten an eight or an eight point five. But just having the like bug element in it just seemed like an extra element that's already been done, and it was just sort of like a little Cliff Notes version of past bug encounters. So it was so the the bugs were not thrilling me. So seven point five and placement. And you never really get to see what the bugs look like. No, that's sort of, I think they were trying to be like really mysterious and creepy with it, but we've already had that. We, you know, I mean, it's not nearly as creepy as Geonosian queens and stuff like that. So we've had creepier versions of things that we didn't quite know what they were and what they look like. These, you just really like when they got up close and fought, you were like, oh, they're bigger than I thought. (laughs) And that's all. I really thought because they're gone in a second, but, but you that, never that's have, okay with me. But you never have like the money shot where you actually get to see what the bugs look like, you know. Right. Unless unless I missed it, it could have been a blink and like a blink and you miss it sort of thing. 
But like you never get that like one where like one perches up on the thing and like hisses at them. No, no, no. And I think they were trying. You know, that makes it a little scary. And like in the heat of a battle, that might actually happen. Is you don't really even get a good look at them because there were just so many of them flying everywhere, and you just. But it's a television show. It's not a battle. Like you should should still be able to see one. They're trying to. They're trying to put you. They're trying to put you right there in the in the action, but. Like I said, that like, if if that was their intent, eh, it didn't really work that well. So yeah, yeah, you're probably right. They should have shown it and made it look scary, so you know what they're you know how you see a lot of teeth and you go like, oh shit. Yeah. But, eh, it hisses and like I counter shoots it and it explodes there. Extra, we're not on cable anymore. You can do an extra like five second shot of the bug hissing at them. <laughs> anyway, I also said seven point five. Um, it's I, this is still an above average episode because I like Roland. I think he's a very interesting character. I think he's fascinating. Um, I do like the Sid stuff, but it's it's a perfectly fine adventure of the week episode. It's just in the wrong place of the season. It's just it's in the wrong spot. Um, it needed to be earlier because well, I don't know. Don't worry, out. no more no more adventures of the week from here on out. I'm gonna get to like season two and just being like, God, I wish we had an adventure of the week episode. Everything is so crazy. We need to slow down. <laughs> like I know, I know. Like like uh, I know I'm gonna have that moment in season two of just being like, God, I wish we could have a fun like character building like character romp or something. Like I know it's gonna happen. Um, so guys, I hope we'll just realize that she forgot to do the feedback. I'm scrolling down on my thing and I forgot to write in feedback this week. Um, so next week, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, on the Teacher Freaks Facebook page. And we will have your feedback next week. And I promise I won't forget next time. Handle your ice cube very carefully because if it's like mine, even though mine was frozen at the beginning, it's very soft right now because it's an ice cube. Ah. It's candy time. So this week, uh, because you guys know the spiel, Chris hates American Kit Kats because he's a weirdo. Um, so our friend Dario, who is Chris's co-podcaster for Eat and Beat It, sends us candy from all over the world to review. And this week we have the Moritz Ice Cube Candy from the United States. One of my favorites of all time. These were gar- these were gourmet delicacies when we were kids because all the other kids, like, if you got to the Five and Dime store too fast, they'd be, be sold out. Holy they're, shit. Yeah, they're made to just melt. They're, they're literally called ice cubes because the chocolate is so fluffy that it just melts on your tongue. Oh, my God. It, like, dissolved. I believe we talked about these ones. We did. Oh, my, God. Oh my gosh. They, I don't, I don't understand how, what happened. I've been into it and it just vanished in my mouth. I don't understand. It turns into like frosting, and then it just goes. Grim. Yeah, like the outside. The outside is almost plastic, plasticky. Like it has a plastic element to it, but like the inside is like cake batter. I think and, it's like I think it's probably something like food waxy, you know. Just yeah, because it does, layer it does food have like a, just to keep it in shape because it's made to just go. Bleh. Yeah. It, it, very, cause it does have a slightly, like not much, but like a slightly kind of waxy texture taste to it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, anyway, did you, mm. thank you, Dario. It was very delicious, though. It's very delicious. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Just uh, I haven't had a I haven't had an ice cube in probably over well maybe forty years. God. Wow. And I just had Isn't my that first crazy. With you. Yeah, I would have probably been. I would probably would have been like ten years old in the peak of ice cube eating time. So mm-hmm. probably more than forty years. Well. Uh, in that case, if you do you have anything else for Infested? I do not. Where can people find you, Chris? You can find me at our website, which is twotruefreaks.com. I actually got one of my coworkers was asking where to find it, and I spelled it out. He said, ha, 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 that's a good name. But that is our website where we keep all our podcasts, including this one. And a bunch of other ones, a, more than a bunch, a, a bushel of other podcasts. Piles, each podcast is a little door that takes you into a whole dimension of that podcast. It's sort of, um, it's sort of like the, um, uh, I'm so bad. I'm such a bad Star Wars fan. What is it? The, uh, the, um, from Rebels. I have literally no idea what you're talking about. The, uh, of blah, blah, blah of all worlds, uh, <laughs> where, where you can go when you're a Jedi and... Oh, the world between worlds. World between worlds. It's a world between worlds of podcasts where you can go to each different podcast and travel into that dimension of, of whatever the hell they're talking about in that podcast. Anyway, I'm just blathering. You can find us at twotruefreaks.com. We are also on Facebook. We have the Two True Freaks podcast where we post up all our podcasts and links. And the Two True Freaks cantina where we talk about it. And we've got Two True Freaks on the despicable Twitter. And the brave man who runs it, Gene Gene, the Twitter machine. I was like, how can I make this despicable? And I was like, can I do a Daffy Duck impression? And my brain went, no, you're too tired for that. And I was like, <laughs> like nope. So and then I just, I just, the words came out. <laughs> Twitter's despicable. But that's where they can find me. But if they want to skip over me and find you, where would they go, Hope? Well, you can find me at jguysandjedi on Twitter. I run our Twitter account. You can also find me over at Hope Bonux. You can find my writing at The Geeky Waffle. At the time of this recording, tomorrow is the 10-year anniversary of Gravity Falls. And uh, I wrote a piece for it. And Chris is in the piece. I've already told him. Um, because, I'm um, in the piece. Yeah, and I know I'm, like, horribly behind on editing the final episodes, and I really wanted to get them done before tomorrow, and that's not happening. Um, but Chris and I watched Gravity Falls over on our other podcast, What Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, and I talked about that, and you can read that over on the Geeky Waffle. You can occasionally find me on Space Waffles, which is our Star Wars podcast, hosted by my friend Arzu Amin. Um, you can also find me over on Straight Out of Home Video, which is our another podcast in our network. Um, where we talk about straight-to-DVD Disney movies, and we're actually recording for the Chip and Dell reboot next week, so that should be out by now. Um, and I highly, I, I highly, highly suggest Bookmark and Busy, which is hosted by Ren. They are amazing, 
and it is a, a fanfic fic reader read talking to fanfic writers and it's just really fascinating and I've been really enjoying it and I can't recommend Bookmark and Busy enough because it's just a really fun show um, and really interesting and I've been learning a lot and it's cool and it's fun to hear like from writers about writers talking about writing and especially fandom writing so so check out all the stuff over at the Kiki Waffle well next week we're going to be starting the part three-part finale. I guess it's not technically the three-part finale, or the, but like but it kind of feels like it. It feels like it. It sure does. Yeah, and Gregor is back next week. It, our... it, it really feels like three acts of a story. Yeah, and Gregor is back next week. Gregor, our dear Gregor. From, like, Rebels and Clone Wars. We got blown up in... Gregor. Our dear it sounds Gregor. like a medieval knight. I'm uh, so dear happy Gregor that, like... has returned. Sir Gregor has returned. <laughs> Isn't there a Sir Gregor in Monty Python and the Holy Grail? And he so bravely I ran don't away. Oh, I don't think so. But there had to have been a Sir Gregor somewhere in something, sometime. He's so he's so bravely ran away. <laughs> That's so. Sir Robin. Oh, it is Sir Robin. You're right. Aww. I tried. I tried to make a joke, guys. Anyway, come back next week where we're going to talk about this Bad Batch episode, War Mantle. War Mantle. War Mantle. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>